Welcome to episode 105 of Frank Reactions, the podcast where we help you profit from the digital era through better customer experiences online and off. My name is Tema Frank. I just got back from a lovely holiday, first in Florence, and then doing some bike riding in the beautiful island of Corsica. And I have a confession to make. I had an electric assist on my bike so that my husband could struggle up mountains to his heart's content. And my only challenge was staying slow enough as I pedaled not to crush his ego. Good thing he almost never listens to these podcasts. Much of the time, we didn't have internet access, and sometimes we didn't even have cell phone coverage. I really urge you to try this, and if you've got staff, really encourage them to take at least a week with no contact with the office, and preferably minimal contact with people they know back home. There's absolutely tons of research showing that this kind of mental break is really what people need to come back recharged and with new creative ideas. I know in my case, it helped me make a difficult decision that I had been struggling with for really about a year. I wasn't thinking about it consciously during the trip, but when I came back, I just knew the answer. And the answer, in case you're wondering, is to focus my efforts going forward on what I do best and enjoy the most, which is speaking, research, and writing about customer experience. I've moved into the paid speaking world and my South Africa trip in the spring really inspired me to want to do more international gigs. Unfortunately, I have deadly allergies to nuts, fish, seafood, and sesame, so Asia is pretty much out, even though I love Asian food when it's made in a way I can eat, but that's pretty rare to find. Anyway, so if you know of any events in the United States, Europe, Canada, or safe parts of South America that are looking to hire a unique customer experience speaker, please send them my way. They can find out about me and my speaking at frankreactions.com forward slash Tema Talks. That's T-E-M-A Talks, no space in between. Or get them to email me, tema at frankreactions.com, or call me at 1-866-544-9262. I do have a few things booked for the fall, and actually coming up next in late August, I'll be speaking at Customer Experience Week in Toronto. And if you're interested in attending that, please just shoot me an email. I would be happy to get you a 20% discount to attend that event. So, Today's episode is a doubleheader. Both of the interviews were recorded at some of the conferences that I've been attending over the last few months. And the thing about recording at conferences is that background noise is inevitable. They rarely give us interviewers a quiet room in which to record. And if there are any conference organizers listening, please consider this as a plea. Try to set aside a little quiet space for interviews. Anyway, in the first interview with Carolyn Galvin, who's the Principal Customer Experience Analyst at Nuance Communications in their healthcare division, it was recorded in the lovely gardens of the Arizona Biltmore Hotel in Phoenix. So you'll hear bird songs in the background and the occasional airplane. The second one is with Jennifer Lee who's a partner and national retail and customer analytics practice leader for Deloitte in Toronto. And that one was recorded in a noisy hotel conference setting, so I'm afraid the background sounds aren't quite as calming. 
Carolyn talks about how the dictation software company has been driven by competitive pressures to start improving customer experience and how they're approaching it. Jennifer discusses the need for what she calls purple teams to really get customer experience right in large companies. Those are teams that combine the techie geek types with artsy creative folks, because you can almost never find one person who can be both. It's kind of like finding a unicorn, as she said. But hiring and managing teams like that is also pretty challenging. So she talks a bit about that in our interview. Enjoy the interview. I will chat with you very briefly at the end. My name is Carolyn Galvin, and I am a principal CX analyst at Nuance Communications. I work in our healthcare division. So you may have heard of Dragon Medical Dictation. We also have image sharing for radiologists. It's healthcare technology. Right. And we have really been um, focused on what we call client in thinking or customer in thinking for probably seriously now about the last two years. Okay. It's an executive priority. And one of the things that I was asked to do in terms of raising the profile of client in thinking was to design and create and produce an internal intranet site. Okay for our employees in the healthcare division, although certainly other divisions within Nuance could access it as well. Mm -hmm. It's an internal portal, so not accessible to outsiders, but um, it goes out to all, you know, the access is to all healthcare division employees. And I have put on this site, I've tried to organize it, first of all, so that it's organized, it's grouped by different topics. Okay. I've noticed with some groups when they put information on the port on the on the internet on the portal they'll just kind of throw some files up there. Mm-hmm. To me that's not helpful because right. it's not organized well. Right. So I've organized it in certain different groups or segments if you will. We have things like upcoming events where we he- we're going to be hearing from both internal employees things that they're doing for, you know, with and for customer experience. We have a customer experience champions group, our different lines of business, the things that they're doing in customer experience. We're also bringing in some outside vendors in terms of best practices and sharing, mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. like that. So that's one area that we have focused uh, on is, is upcoming events. We've got um, executive dashboards where we put together some kind of key metrics at a high level for busy executives who want to consume customer-related information but don't have time to kind of dig into the details. Mm -hmm. So that's organized by different lines of business, different products within those different lines of business. Mm -hmm. Um, We've also got information on customer journey mapping. So Mm -hmm. we've got, you know, what is customer journey mapping? What tool are we using to do customer journey mapping? What are some best practices with customer journey mapping? What are some case studies of you know, of companies that have done customer journey mapping. So just trying to, uh, to familiarize people with the concept of, right. of customer journey mapping. Um, we've also got just some interesting types of things like videos, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think through videos, it, they're, they're very kind of storytelling oriented. Okay. So we've got the famous Seinfeld video with the car rental. <laughs> um, we've got a Shep Hyken video where mm-hmm. he talks about his taxi cab experience. but. Mm-hmm. Just kind of these stories that are memorable, I think, for people. So those are the types of things that we put on the internet, and um, we just rolled it out just last week. Ah, really new. Okay. So really, really new. I've been working on it for about the last month, but we just rolled it out last week, and um, 
trying to really communicate and publicize and advertise it. And then we've got some reporting that we can go in and see, you know, what's the engagement right. with the site. So the thought that occurs to me is in most organizations, people are super busy and have limited time. So what is it that's going to drive them to want to use this or to even look at it? One of the really neat things about the site is that we also included a nominations button. Okay. So people can nominate their colleagues when they see exceptional customer um, experiences or client in thinking. Mm -hmm. And they can describe, you know, my colleague Mary or my colleague Bob mm -hmm. did this for right. this customer and here was the result and I'm really, I'm really appreciative and I'm, I'm, you know, happy to see the client in thinking. And I think that type of social and peer recognition yeah. will really help to engage people in the site. Okay. That's one thing. The other thing is we've also included things like the latest research on customer experience and what it means to me. What, what is, it, is in this for me in terms of improving my employee engagement, mm -hmm. improving my um, overall you know, satisfaction with working with Nuance. Mm -hmm. Kind of that, that parallel, if you will, between employee engagement, employee happiness, and customer engagement, customer happiness or satisfaction. Right. So really trying to you know, make it meaningful for employees with some interesting articles, interesting videos, the nomination, peer recognition, and then to kind of top it all off, we made it very colorful. Okay. So we use lots of graphics. We've got some kind of like purple, bright purple, you know, banners on the page. Um, it, you know, it's, it's broken up, you know, kind of in different quadrants of the site. So trying to just make it very interesting to consume okay. and easy to consume. Have you ever looked at, do you know Roger Pugsley from Oxford Properties? I was on a session with him yesterday. Okay, so was he talking, or is it today that he's talking about O positive? I did, today. He, okay. Okay, you need to talk to him because okay. they've done some very cool stuff. I actually did a podcast interview with him, which I could send you a link to as well. Okay. And it was really interesting the way they set theirs up and oh, wow. have driven engagement. Okay. So definitely something to look at. Okay. So. What motivated this in the first place? We have been trying, as I mentioned, for about the past two years to have this client in thinking. And I think initially the focus was on clients, as you might expect, right? right. What can we do to improve our relationship, our experiences with our clients? Yep. But I think that the realization has come about more that each of us has to play a role in client engagement and the realization that employees are really, really important. Everyone from the executive down to the person, you know, in the mailroom, mm -hmm. that we all, even if we don't have an external customer that we're interfacing with, we still have internal customers yeah. that we're serving that will help the customer relationship. And I think that over time, the executive team has realized the importance of the employee role, mm -hmm. each and every one of us. Yeah and how powerful that can be in terms of really transforming the culture of a company. Yeah. I mean, Nuance for a very long time um, was, you know, it still is a very successful company, 
but didn't have the competition that we now see. Oh, I started using Dragon mm -hmm. back with, I think, their first edition because I write books. Mm -hmm. So invariably, I'd start having muscle pain and yes. I, I tried every edition to see, is it going to be easier to use yet? Isn't it? Yes. And it has improved, absolutely. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, we try to really listen to to our customers in terms of their feedback. I mean, one of the, the great things I think is that's so great, you know, so not novel, but just a great story is the fact that doctors, typically we sell to doctors or the medical community, but really anyone who's using Dragon Dictation can now use their smartphone. Yeah. So you can dictate into something, a device that you already have in your pocket. Yeah and you don't have to get a separate device for it. So really listening to customers, to seeing the market trends, mm -hmm. and, and allowing our customers to lead us in terms of where they want to go, yep. as opposed to us trying to tell customers where we think they should go. I mean, that's completely <laughs> backward, backwards. Yep. And so just really um, pausing to listen to customers in a variety of different forums and channels I mean, I was just um, talking with a group in terms of how are we collecting customer information. And, yeah. you know, a lot of people talked about the NPS scores and CSAT and transactional surveys. And, and I think it's important. All of those are important quantitative information, qualitative information. I also had mentioned that we have an executive client council where we pull together some of our thought leader customers and say, what should we be working on for our product roadmap? You tell us, what are your business concerns? What keeps you up at night? Where uh -huh. do you want to go? And yeah. how can we help you get there? Okay. So that we can really make progress for all customers in terms of some, you know, some more quantum or monumental leaps as opposed to incremental change. Not that incremental change is not important, <laughs> but, um, but having this executive client council where we're meeting with thought leaders and getting some inspiration from those types of customers. And what inspires them to participate? So yeah, I mean, I Our customers have been so appreciative that we are listening. Yeah. We hear it from some third-party vendors that we use for customer feedback. Oh my goodness, nuance has changed. It's like night and day. <laughs> yeah. We hear it from customers telling our account reps and our, our client development executives, you have changed, you're starting to listen. And I think people just having their voices heard and yeah. having that appreciation that Nuance wants our input and we're valued and and what we say will be at least listened to. Yeah. We may not be able to include everything, all of suggestions, yeah. but at least we're, we're listening, we're contemplating, we're considering, and we're bringing that into the mix of, of, of our insights and our customers' insights and blending that together. That I think is what really drives people. I don't think, you know, it's 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 nice to get together and talk with your peers. Certainly, that's always very helpful. But these are super busy people. I yeah. mean, they don't yeah. have time to spend two or three days right. if they're not heavily invested in making the process better. So. Right. Well, that's the thing. I mean, if they're relying on your product, they want it to be better. Right. And, right. Uh, and, and a lot of times that's the message. Help us help you. Right. <laughs> Give us your feedback so we can help you in the long term. And yeah. I think when you come to people with that very humble ask or request, mm -hmm. they respond to that and they say, oh, okay, well, this isn't a sales call. This is they're genuinely looking for feedback from right. me. Right. Right. So. 
So I know you haven't been there all that long, but do you have any sense of what it was that finally triggered the realization that they needed to change? I think it was competitive forces and market yeah. forces. Yeah. I think that nuances in the healthcare division, I can't speak to the other divisions, but I think that they saw some very significant competitive pressures and some yeah. headwinds in the market. Yeah. And they said, you know, we need to get serious here in terms of going to the the, the voice of the customer, the, the root of, of all knowledge, really, mm-hmm. and, and not just making it, you know, window dressing, but really listening to yeah. what our customers say. I mean, we have customer conferences. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to the executive client council, we'll bring in uh, customers from, you know, all around the world and mm-hmm. get their feedback. We share product roadmap information. So I think customers are... are starting to see that turn in the company, okay. but I really do think it was competitive in market forces. Yeah, makes sense. Is there anything I should have asked you and I haven't? <laughs> the only thing I would say, just in terms of wrapping up, is that it's really exciting to be part of an organization that values customers, really from the top down. Yeah. Now, certainly there are some pockets of resistance, pockets of we've always done it this way. Of course. But... I think overall, people are really trying to understand at a, at a very core level wh- how we can best serve the needs of our customers. Right. Understanding that we're here to serve them, really. Yeah. It's not because you know we, we, we have a great product, but it's because of the feedback that they've given us. Yeah. So it's really exciting to work in, in an organization that values that, values that customer feedback we're starting to see from some of our other three other divisions within Nuance that they're recognizing healthcare as a leader within the company and starting to look to us in terms of re- replicating um, some of the best practices that we've been putting putting in place. So it's great to be part of that that type of organization. Nice. Well, congratulations. I'll be curious to hear how it goes with the intranet. Thank we'll you. We'll have to touch base with you in a few months and see what kind of uptake it's had. Absolutely. would be happy to. Okay. Great. Thank you very much. The future of retail and delivering experience is going to be dependent on how 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 strong your data sets are. And for a retailer that might think of this and say, oh, but my data's garbage, say it's not a problem. It's about how do you bring disparate data sets together. So how do do companies do that? Because one of the problems that a lot of the larger ones even have is that they've got all these disparate data sets and integrating everything seems to be almost frustratingly impossible. It is, and I think it goes back to long-term versus a short-term strategy. So long-term, you do need to build the infrastructure in a large organization for analytics. Mm-hmm. But in the short-term, the businesses are starving for insight. Mm-hmm. So can you use partners in the market like Deloitte, and we partner a lot with our clients to do sprints. Right. So we take in 900 billion data sets um, a week or a month, and we run for them and drive insights to the merchants, for example. So it's, it's not one or the other. 
It's about how do I develop my long-term strategy, short-term, educate the organization on how to become insight-driven, right? Because it's that transformation of being kind of insight-driven that people find intimidating. Like, I'm not a data scientist, I'm not a PhD, and I want to, dis- I want to dispel that myth that you need to be. You need to be a purple team organization. Okay, explain what a purple team is. So a purple team is are, are those who are, let's call them blue people, who are highly technical. They're SaaS, SQL, Python, R developers. They are data scientists, data architects. And then on the other side of it, you have red people who are strategy MBAs, who have operations experience, industry expertise. Um, and they're data visualizers. They take data and they think, how does someone absorb this information? And you bring the teams together. Okay. And red and blue make purple. And what we used to do at Deloitte was we used to try and look for purple people. But those are very, <laughs> very, very difficult hard to find. Yeah. They're like unicorns. Right. So how do you then create a team and hedge risk and manage risk and yeah. also get them to work together? And we went through many painful years, we're four years into this, of them not getting along and not knowing how to work together. And finally, we built this capability to onboard anyone who's, who has an arts background, who has a, a creative visualization background onto a very technical team. So what advice would you offer people in how to do that? Mm. So I think first you have to, you, there's partnerships out in the market. So I think most retailers, they think of it as, I need to build everything in house. That's very much a retailer mentality. Yeah. And I would challenge that. I would say, no, no, as a retailer, Think about your, your strategic partnerships, how to plug yourself into the ecosystems, help partners get you to sprint and get you to build some of the capability because you have to test and learn. So if you spend six years building infrastructure out, the business is going to shift it. The people would have not understood analytics. There's just so many other human capital problems you're facing. Actually, infrastructure is your last problem given cloud and the ability to do so many agile um, types of analytics, you don't actually need the infrastructure. But if you want to build it, that's fine. <laughs> so therefore, how do we in the short term start to find partners we need to work with to get data in the hands of our merchants, our stores, our business owners? But coming back to this question of management of a purple team, I mean, not everybody is going to be working with a Deloitte. (laughs) So how do you, what advice from your own learnings did you find in terms of trying to get the blues and the reds to meld into a team? So my experience in, in retail in North America is you can probably only hire a few people from a purple team and you're going to have to partner to get the rest of the team members. Because the cost of managing and retaining a data scientist is exorbitant. (laughs) So therefore, maybe you get four out of the, I don't know, I'll make it up, ten purple team members, and you partner with other organizations to get the remaining six people. Hmm. So it's not... It's not about um, you have building everybody in-house. And then you get knowledge transfer as a result of that, right? Mm-hmm. Your partners are plugged into the market. They are partners and who are part of all the big major innovation hubs who are, you know, who are working with the best universities. And you concentrate on being a great retailer, right? And let the teams work together. So this concept of having to partner, it has to be more embedded in the organization. And then second... Like, how do you develop and retain the talent that you have? Yeah. Right? Like, the next generation of workers are not going to be those who want to sit at a desk all day and wait 20 years to get a promotion. Mm-hmm. Right? It's going to be a very different generation. And Deloitte learned this when we built our new building downtown. 
No. I'm not sure if you've seen it at no. Adelaide Bay. No. Well, if we get you to walk through, you'll see it's the workplace of the future. And we've actually taken away everyone's desks. And it's a complete hoteling system. So partners who worked years to get the partner title, they don't have an office. <laughs> so I walk into the office and I have to go find somewhere to sit. So but how I, do people react to that? Because that sounds like one of those ideas, like the whole open concept thing that sounds great in theory, but employees hate it. Well, when we first did it, um, we had to count, we had five offices downtown. We had, you know, we had people who occasionally showed up at the office, you know, and so we started taking away their phones. So we speak through our, our computers. Um, everyone got headsets. You weren't allowed to keep any paper. We digitized all the paper. They started counting how much printing you were doing. And they actually came every day and counted how many people were in the office. Mm -hmm. And we had very low attendance. Right. As soon as we built the, the building, we are at such high attendance, we actually underestimated the number of people who show up for work. And the level really? of engagement has gone through the roof. We're at the point now where Deloitte's like bursting at the seams. And so our problem was not getting people to show up and get engaged. We actually don't have enough room now. Because our so clients- So what's so great about it that people want to be there? Well, you should come and experience Okay. I'll, 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 I'll make sure you get a tour. Okay. Um, but you'll see that we have a bistro where you go and sit in a cafe and have your discussions. We have Deloitte University built on the fourth floor where we educate all of our consultants. And it's the biggest university. Uh, one of the, we have a giant university in Texas and we was always full. So we had to build another one here in Canada. Mm -hmm. um, we have um, we have the capability to you know, corner off floors, so advanced analytics use biometric scanning to get into your office because all the data sitting there. Right. Um, and you have couches and you can sit and talk, and our clients love it because it's an open, all glass space with no, there's no, there's no desks. I hope you enjoyed those, despite the background noises. Quick reminder, if you are thinking about attending CX Week Canada, which takes place August 22nd to 24th, I can get you a 20% discount. Just email me, Tema, T-E-M as in marketing, A, at frankreactions.com. And do keep me in mind if your company or an association or organization that you're involved with is looking for a professional speaker on the path to profits when customers rule. Speaking of which, thank you to Jack Latuka, author of the highly practical book, The Sophisticated Manager, which I really recommend if you manage others, and to Social Transformation Sherpa, Shell Horowitz, and Retail Prophet Doug Stevens, all of whom have recently left five-star reviews of People Shock on Amazon.com. If you've read the book and enjoyed it, it would be absolutely awesome if you would also pop on over and leave your review of the book. Actually, even if you didn't enjoy it, I always like to get reviews that are honest. In addition, of course, if you want to reach me about anything, including suggestions for this show, you can email me or find me on LinkedIn, Twitter, I'm simply at Tema Frank there, the Frank Reactions Facebook page, or call me at one 866 544 9262. Have a wonderful couple of weeks and I hope you get some nice vacation time in there. Bye.